Hey guys, welcome to an episode of Broken Nerd Podcast. Now, here's the thing. I want to give a quick shout out to the app Amino. Now, Amino is a app that where you could be able to come together and talk about the things that you love the most. Me, I have a huge fandom. I'm a huge fan of Doctor Who. I'm a huge fan of comic books. I'm a huge fan of Marvel, DC, um, Scott Pilgrim vs. World, Doctor Who, Supernatural, and the list goes on and on. Now, what this app does is that it actually connects you to these people that love the things that you do. I'm in a lot of groups. I'm actually in a group called All Things Comics. I'm in the Umbrella Academy group. I'm in the My Hero Academia group. Supernatural, DC, Marvel, and like separate. But the thing is, is what I really like about this app is that like you can get together and talk about the things that you love the most. And that's what I actually really like. And if you guys really want to give the app a check out, check out Amino. It's A-M-I-N-O. It's both available on both iOS and Android, and they are completely free. So if you guys really want to check this app out, I highly recommend it because, like I said, it's a huge place where you can get together with people, talk about the things that you love. So if you guys want to give Amino a chance, like I said, it's spelled A-M-I-N-O. And like I said, it's both available on both iOS and Android. So with that being out of the way, let's go ahead and move on with an episode of Broken Nerd Podcast. Now, here's the thing. I'm actually going to talk about a movie. I just recently saw this movie, and holy crap, I loved it. It was amazing. And pretty much what the movie was called was Agatha and the Truth About Murder, or the Truth of Murder. And pretty much what it is is that it's a story of a what-if thing, because this was around the time when Agatha Christie disappears for 11 days almost 2 weeks nobody knew what happened to her and she never really said anything about it or if not it was told that she developed amnesia and she didn't know what was going on or what happened but what this movie does is that pretty much it takes the concept of like what if this was the story or the reason why she didn't say anything or if not to see what happened during those 11 days since she's been gone. And I gotta say, I love the movie because I'm a huge fan of like crime movies, detective stories, and thrillers. So basically with Agatha Christie being one of the greatest detective writers in the world. I mean, she was like right next to Arthur Conan Doyle and a few other people that were writing detective stories at the moment but she is famously known for the greatest um, detective story was the murder on the orient express now for me i've seen the movie i love the movie but i really want to give myself a copy of the book because i really want to experience the storytelling of it i really want to be able to read it i really want to check it out and you know i really want to read it but anywho, like I said, it's just that like the movie was incredible. I mean, like it had me really guessing because I was thinking it was one person and it ended up completely being somebody else. 
And I love stories like that. Like, I love stories that make me think. Because, like I said, like, when I was actually watching it, like, I was thinking certain things. I picked up on certain stuff that happened in the scene and whatnot. And, like, one part thing I was right about, but then I was completely thrown the other way. And... You know, <clears throat> that's why I love. I love like the Sherlock Holmes movies. I love, like, that's why I fell in love with Batman. Batman is one of the greatest detectives in DC Comics, or if not in the DC world, the greatest detective ever. And you know, there are certain books that actually really had me going and guessing about what happened, especially the um, Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale's run of Batman. Because when they got together, they actually did the Long Halloween, Haunted Night, and they did Dark Victories. Which, holy crap, like the Long Halloween, as is, as its own story, was amazing. Because it literally had me hooked wanting to guess who did it, who did it. And like literally, I kept guessing so much because every other page that I was reading... I had an idea in my head, like, okay, this is who did it, this and that. But yet, when it got to the end, oh my god, I was surprised. I really was surprised to figure out who it was. And like you see, I'm a huge fan of detective stories. I mean, I read some other ones. Like, that's why, like I said, I'm a huge fan of them. And I actually have read The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Now, I know a lot of people are going like, ugh. That book's a bit much, especially with certain parts in it. But here's the thing. You have to get out of your comfortability level to be able to read that. Like with me, I was able to read it. I mean, I already knew what was going to happen because I actually watched the movies. And there's actually two different ones. There's the original Swedish version one, and then there's the U.S. version one. I actually seen the um, Sweden one. Where it had all three of the um, stories together that I actually watched. And it was amazing. Then I watched the U.S. version. It was just as good. But, like I said, with the book, it is a bit much. There's a little bit more info in it. Then, like I said, it's a bit much. But, overall, it's a definitely recommend book to read. So, if you guys want to give something a chance that's brand new. I definitely recommend you guys watching Agatha and the Truth of Murder. Now, let's go ahead and move on to other stuff. We all know for a fact that the whole Marvel Netflix thing was complete shite. That everything kind of went to crap after we really found out the main reason why Marvel and Netflix went their separate ways. It was due to money. Which I really hate because that basically screws the fans. And if not screws out the people that work on these shows. Just because Netflix was getting a little greedy. Which I kind of really hated. But I can't fault them. Because uh, Disney doing the power play move on actually starting up their own streaming service. Pulling off everything that was Disney related off of Netflix. And I can see why they went that way. I can kind of see that it was more of like, you know, like Nana and a Boo Boo stick your head in doo doo kind of situation that were, they had these characters, they were not going to give them up and they're going like, well, if you're not going to have them, we're not going to keep doing it for you. So that's why the main reason 
why the show was canceled. But there is a possibility that the Disney Plus service might do a rebooted of it. Sadly, that is the case because there is an auction coming up that's actually selling off all props and certain stuff from all of the Netflix Marvel series. So that does pretty much put the nail in the coffin about any chance of the Netflix series coming back. But it's not in the realm of possibility that they might bring the shows back or if not includes it into the MCU which I would like to see if they do do that but if not I would love to see them um, bring the shows back because there's already been problems about trying to connect these shows to the MCU and that like it's like the same thing like with um Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. We all know that there's certain parts that have a connection to it, but literally that that show was not recognized to actually being part of the MCU. And like they have talked about like Kevin Feige and other people, they're going like, yeah, the shows are not going to connect. So we don't really care about them. But here's the thing. Why not? I mean, if you guys are having so much things with the MCU, why not connect the shows with them? And but Danta, like other people are like, well, why don't they cross over? Why don't you have some characters from the Marvel movies come over? The only time, really, that any people crossed over with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which I actually know right now off the top of my head, was Lady Schiff from Thor and Nick Fury. And that is it. Because I'm kind of a little backtracking on catching up with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but that's all I know is who appeared on it. But the thing is, is that it is what it is. But I know another thing this breaks a lot of people's hearts about whether or not we were getting the Netflix series brought back or it's getting rebooted. But like I said, it's really up in the air right now to see what Disney Plus does. But, like I said, Netflix pretty much put the final nail in the coffin because of them doing an auction off of, like, the certain stuff for it. It pretty much says that everything's dead now. And that's the real sucky thing. But, you know what? Let's go ahead and take a quick commercial break. Wow. Let me go ahead and repeat that. <laughs> Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back on more of Broke Nerd Podcast. And we are back. Now, here is the thing. If you are huge fans like I am of Bill and Ted, I love the movies. Bill and Ted's Excellent Journey, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. And here's the thing. I actually have the Bill and Ted Archives book. That what it is is a hardcover book that has a collection of the 12-issue limited um, series of Bill and Ted from Marvel Comics. And I was actually able to get it from my favorite place, Ollie's, for only 10 bucks. The book was regular $40 for the book. And it was um, released through Boom Studios to be able to come out. And I only paid 10 bucks for it. A $40 book for $10. I gotta say that's a deal. That is definitely a deal. And if you guys actually have an Ollie's around in your area, 
I highly recommend you guys checking out this place. This is where I actually been buying a lot of my graphic novels from my single issues from. Because, like I said, you get a good deal with these books. I mean, I bought some books from there. I bought, like, um, the X-Men Batum the Atom. I bought in um, a couple of Daredevil books from there. I actually bought the first two volumes of Guardians of the Galaxy. I bought in X-Men Volume 2 from the Marvel Now portion that Brian Michael Bendis wrote. And... Oh, Age of Ultron. And... And this other book that's basically kind of like leading up to the rise of Thanos. And I actually bought that from there too. And like I said, I paid good money for these books. I mean, like, they were really cheap. But they were in good quality because I know a lot of people are going like, well, were there any defects or this and that? It's going like, no. It says basically what they do is that, like, they kind of buy wholesale. That, like, they buy from liquidations or this and that. So they buy in bulk to be able to resell them. And it's either from, like, different distributors or if not from comic shops and whatnot. And... Like I said, I actually really love this place. I've gone there a few times myself. I am so sorry about that, guys. This is I had to really clear out my throat, so. But, yeah, like I said, I love shopping there. I've been getting a lot of my books from there. I literally got, like, a huge stack of DC books that I bought straight from Ollie's. I bought, like, the first um volumes three through no actually two through four of the justice league new 52 run i bond the two volumes of the overwatch series or stormwatch i bond the dc showcase um book of cap of zazam which awesome and i bond some other books there too like recently i actually bought the book um DC Zero Year. It was a hardcover book. I only paid like $7 for it. And I bought in um, Superman Doomed. This was the story arc that pretty much Superman got infected with the Doomsday virus and started to slowly turn into Doomsday. It was like the huge story arc that I was able to get the book for, guess it, $7 for the book. That is crazy. But, anywho, I know I really sidetracked the crap out of this. But, let's go ahead and get back to it with Bill and Ted 3 Face the Music. Now, it has been confirmed that the movie is coming out. That recently, just a while ago, that Alex Winters and Keanu Reeves came together and did a video in front of the um, dome and everything in California. Or the Los Angeles dome where they hold like concerts and whatnot. They basically said that they are going into production this year to actually get the movie to come out at a summer 2020 release. But from their Instagram page that I actually follow on my page of Broke Nerd 2099, that I actually was going through the like story feed and I actually saw it and it has confirmed that they are coming out with it August 20, um, 21st. 
of next year of August 21st, 2020 is the release date for Bill and Ted Face the Music. Now, I was going to say that I know a lot of people are going like, when is it going to be coming out? But like I said, on their own Bill and Ted Instagram page, they have released showing when they are officially coming out with the movie. But it's not set in concrete. There can be things that could be able to push back a movie from being made. Literally, it's either to, to um, available space um, for the time, or if not, due to like scheduling conflicts, just a lot of stuff in there can happen with it. But, like I said, I am really looking forward to it. If you guys don't know the synapses of it, basically what it's going with is that Bill and Ted are middle-aged, they're dads, and they still haven't um, written the greatest song in the world. The one song that actually unites uh, everybody together to make perfect harmony around the world. Sadly, they haven't did the song yet. So basically, they hop into the telephone booth to go around to actually trying to find inspiration to get the song going. But this time around, their daughters are actually coming on board. That's right. Bill and Ted has daughters. Because we already know that they married the princesses in the second Bill and Ted movie. And I'm sorry, spoiler warning, I should have started with that. But if you guys have not seen these movies, um, yeah, why? 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 <laughs> but, like I said, Dad, this movie is definitely a very interesting one I'm actually looking forward to. And when it comes out, I'm going to check it. But, anywho, let's go ahead and move on to something else. That Runaways is a great series that has been going on with Hulu that is part of Marvel. Now, like I said, now since Marvel owns 21st Century Fox, they own Hulu. I think they have like a 30 or 40% um, share in the company. So, like, they got a good chunk in their thing that they can be able to do with it. But, the show Runaways was wondering, was it going to get a season 3? Confirmation? Yes. That James um, James Masters actually came out over the weekend saying that, yes, we are getting a season three for Runaways. Now, if anybody who are fans of the series, good. Me, I'm slowly getting into it. Like, I still got to finish it up myself. I'm still on the first season, and I still need to finish it. But basically what it is, it's a bunch of these kids, they realize their parents are into some stuff that they feel is wrong, so they basically run away because they don't want to have anything to do with it. But then again, they want to prevent their parents from still doing this to people, so they basically have to fight their parents. And that's all I'm going to give away. I'm not going to give away anything else. But if you guys want to give a check out, watch Runaways on Hulu. Now, we are moving on to something else. And that we finally have gotten an answer for the reason why Hellboy did not have a third movie. And here's the thing. It was actually from one of the executive producers from Collider. Um, that Lloyd Levin... Lloyd Levin actually did an interview with Collider explaining the main reason why they did not, or Guillermo del Toro did not do a third Hellboy movie. 
the main reason why is that he was not planning on doing that. He didn't want to do it. He wanted to move on to other stuff, and I kind of hate that. I hate the fact that Guillermo wanted to move on to do other things. He wasn't feeling it, and that we were not going to get that third movie. And like literally everybody was on board to doing their thing. I mean, Tom Kenny, um, Selma Blair, Ron Perlman, they were all ready and waiting to get the third movie going because they really wanted to do a trilogy. But I'm guessing Guillermo wasn't into it anymore. If not, he was just not wanting to do it. So basically what Lloyd said is that they basically had to wait for the licensing to come up so they can be able to snatch it up and do a reboot of it. <clears throat> but, like I said, there is no bad blood or anything at all whatsoever with them. Because, like, I know a lot of people would be mad about this, going like, well, why didn't Guillermo want to do it or this and that? Here's the thing. You, you have to do something that you want to do. You can't be forcefully do something if you don't feel like doing it and that's the sad thing is that sometimes people can agree with that other people they're going like no no we want this we want this and I know fans wanted this movie so badly I for one wanted this movie but I mean if your heart's not into it if you don't want to do it why do it I mean why get forced into something that you don't want to do just to please everybody else and that's why I feel like Guillermo wanted to do that he wanted to go out, he wanted to do other projects and other movies that he had lined up, but he knew that if he didn't do it, or if he was obligated to do the third Hellboy movie, he wasn't going to be able to do the projects that he wanted to do. So, you know, as much as you can give Guillermo some beef and whatnot, I think he did a good idea. He went to go do something he wanted to do, and you gotta commend the guy. <clears throat> and, huh. Sorry about that. I had to pop in a cough drop because I don't know why my throat's a little dry or if not a little sore. But <clears throat> I went ahead and fixed that. I just popped in the cough drop, so we're good. But like I said, sister, like I really do agree with the. You can give this man as much crap as possible, but. Don't do something you don't want to do. Plain simple. But here's another thing. Is that we all know that the huge Scott Pilgrim vs. the World movie. Has to be one of the greatest comic book movies that has been done. I mean there are other movies. But this is great. Because if you actually take a look at it. It has a very ensemble superhero cast. And that was in the movie. You got Michael Serum, who really didn't do anything superhero related, but he was the voice of Robin in the um, Lego Batman movie. And then you got, um, actually, hold up. Let me actually look up the cast because I do not want to get any of their names wrong. And like I said, I just don't want to screw up. So let me look it up real quick. Sorry about those guys. This is like a sound. I'm actually looking it up real quick. 
Even though this movie's actually been out for eight years and everything, it still stands the test of time up to now. I mean, like I said, you had Michael Sarah, who was actually the voice of Robin in the movie. And then you had Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who played Ramona, but she is also going to be playing Huntress in the upcoming Birds of Prey movie and the long, very long thing with Harley Quinn in it. <clears throat> because I was not going to try to pronounce that name. Then you had um, Brie Larson's character, who was actually Scott's ex, who was actually the lead singer of the band, who goes on to play Captain Marvel. Then you got Chris Evans, who actually played one of the evils, um, seven evil exes. He played Lucas Lee, who went on to actually play Johnny Storm in the 20th Century Fox movie, Fantastic Four, and then he went on to actually go to play another character from another DC book called The Losers. And on top of that, he grand, hand grand, wow, seriously, he grabbed the role of Captain Marvel or Captain America. Wow, seriously, why? Why? And then you have other people and everything that were in this that you got, um, pretty much Brandon Routh who actually went on to actually play Superman in the Man of Steel movie. And then he actually came back in the Arrowverse to actually play Ray Palmer, who is the Atom, and then goes on to play him again in DC Legends of Tomorrow. Ah, oh, crap and everything. Hold on, I got back up and everything because my widget thing actually popped up. So... I'm actually looking up the other people because, like, I remember the article and everything saying a lot of stuff about certain people. Um. Well, one of the other evil exes, she did a lot of voiceover work and, like, a lot of the DC stuff. And on top of that, too, is that you know the vegan police that was in there. You know that one of the police officers was actually Thomas Jane, who actually played Frank Castle, the puncher, and uh, I'm going to say about 2005 or so, that um, he did the move to puncher. And then let me see who else in there was in this movie, because I don't want to leave anybody out. Hmm. I can't really remember a lot of other people, <clears throat> but as you can see that you literally had a whole list of people that actually went on to actually become and played superheroes. So you gotta say to yourself that Scott Pilgrim versus the world cast was the best ensemble superhero cast you could have gotten together in a movie. Now, which I still think it's awesome. And if you guys really want to check it out, I highly recommend you guys watching the movie Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. Now, let's go ahead and move on to other stuff. That just recently, actually yesterday, they have released the posters for Avengers Endgame. And we actually got a thing where it shows them who is alive and who is dead. We actually got a huge list, and this is how you can tell. Each one of the people that are dead, they're in black and white. And the ones that are still alive, they're in color. You basically have all the same cast, but two things have popped up from these posters being released. Is one, we find out that Valkyrie actually survived Snapped. So she's still alive. Sally, Shuri, who is T'Challa's sister, 
Sally was Dustin. And because a lot of people were kind of wondering about these questions, about like, what happened to Siri? What happened to Valkyrie? What happened to certain other people? As if you take a look at the posters, you'll actually see that who got dusted and who is still alive. And yeah, I'm kind of happy that Valkyrie did make it, but I hate the fact too that Shuri did not. So, I mean, if you guys have not seen Infinity Wars yet, then I don't know what you're doing with your life. Because if I'm giving out a spoiler right here, then yeah, that's on you, bro. That is really on you. <laughs> but, like I said, it's that pretty much... Uh, we got to see it. I actually checked them out myself, and I'm really looking forward to seeing Endgame. So, because also, too, yesterday actually marks the one-month marker. That next month, around this time, April 26th, is when we're getting Avengers Endgame. Which, oh, I am so looking forward to I am really looking forward to it. But let's go ahead and move on to something else. Now, I was going to go a little more in-depth into Zazam. But you know what? I'm probably going to do that in my next episode. Because I was actually going to do a huge run thing of talking about Zazam. And I was actually going to talk about the history of Zazam leading up to everything else that has happened. Because like I want to give a little more in-depth to the character before the movie comes out. So if anybody does want to go see the movie, I want to give you guys a little bit more info about the rise and fall of Captain Marvel. So, or Captain Marvel, a.k.a. Zazam. So that's why I'm actually going to be moving that to my next episode. And we're going to go ahead and keep going with everything else I have listed on here. So the other thing is, is that we all know the movie The Craft. If you don't know what it is, then yeah, we can no longer be friends. <laughs> nah, I'm just kidding. But The Craft was such a movie that was released back in 1995, where it was about these four girls who lived in California or the Los Angeles area, and they were Wiccans, or if not, they were witches, and that pretty much everything was going good for them, then all of a sudden, the crap kind of hit the fan and whatnot. But the thing is, is that they are actually planning on doing a remake of the craft room, basically kind of doing an updating version of it, which I'm not for sure about it. I really am not for sure about it because I like that they're updating it to modern, um, to modern times, but like I still love the movie, the original one before. But here's the thing. It might have something else because Blumhouse is actually back in this movie up. That's right, that Blumhouse, who has been killing it in like the horror movie department and the scary movie department, that they are actually going to be behind us. So I'm going like, okay, that gives it hope, that gives it hope. But the thing is, is that I actually found out too that Andrew Fleming, who was actually one of the original, um, who was actually the director of the original movie, and then we got Lucas um, Wise Danger, who was actually part of it, that they are both coming on board as executive producers of the movie, and that while Blumhouse is doing it, also Red Wagon is actually coming on board to actually um, 
produced the movie also, which was the same movie company that actually um, financed the craft in the first place. But here's the thing that um, Zoe. Oh, God, I hate when I write small. Zoe Lister-Jones, who is actually coming on board to actually write and direct the movie. She has done a lot of indie flicks, so Blumhouse and Red Wagon, they're going like, okay, we want to give this movie a shot. We want to bring this girl on. So they went ahead and did it. So yeah, they are definitely going to bring her on board to actually write and direct a new craft reboot movie. Now, like I said, I'm a little hesitant behind it, but, I mean, if you got two original people that were part of the movie before, you got the original production company, or if not the financial company behind it, and you got Blumhouse to actually um, be producing it too, I'm kind of leaving it in their hands. Because, like, I'm the type of person that, like, when it comes to 90s movies and 90s music, like, this one thing that I saw, we're very protective of our movies and TV shows, and if not, our um, music. So, when we hear stuff about this, we kind of get a little antsy about it. But, like I said, you got all these people, though, on Red Wagon, Andrew Fleming, Wizen, um, Wizen Danger, and Red Wagon backing this up with Blumhouse with it. Okay, I'm gonna give it a chance. But we're gonna go ahead and move on from that. That we all know for a fact that Big Bang Theory is coming to an end. Now, I kinda hate the show leaving, but in all honesty, I kinda dropped off. I kinda dropped off during a certain season, and I've been trying to play catch up ever since. Like, I'm the same thing with The Walking Dead that I dropped off during the whole, like, Negan War. And I need to get back on that wagon to actually finish it out. And it's the same thing with Big Bang Theory that I watched it for a certain time, but I kind of fell off the wagon. I really can't remember what season I left off on. So, like, I'm going to have to go through a lot of DVDs or, if not, wherever the streaming app to actually check to find it so I can be able to catch up on it but the one thing that someone actually pointed out from the Hollywood Reporter what um the one thing they're gonna do um one thing that they need to fix or if not they really need to stress is whether or not they're gonna get the elevator fix that's right this has been the longest running thing that has been going on with the show with the elevator not being fixed as many seasons, I think, like, what, like, 15 plus, or if not a little more, that with them not getting the elevator fixed, <laughs> it has been one of the main things that people are going, like, why is it not fixed yet? And now with the series ending, are they finally going to get it fixed? Are they going to have someone come in to fix it? Are the guys going to get together to actually fix it um, for the apartments, or... What? Because that's the one thing a lot of fans will be peeved or mad about is why is the elevator not fixed? So if that could actually give us some closure for the series ending, then I would really like to see that. I really would like to see that one thing to kind of get closed off is that whether or not the elevator will get fixed. 
So, if you guys are fans of the Big Bang Theory, I hope you guys really love it. I, for one, I'm going to try and play catch-up leading up to when the series is ending. Because I don't want to just, like, basically watch the ending thing, missing so much stuff, and wondering, okay, what did this happen? How did this happen? I don't want that to happen. So, that's why i got to go through, try and remember what episodes I did watch, what episodes I didn't watch. And just play from there. I'm sorry for the kind of little quietness. It's just I had a cough building up. Didn't want to do it into the mic. Now, here's the thing. For any fans of Supernatural, we sadly got the devastating news that the show is ending. Um, after season 14, season 15 will be the last and final season of Supernatural. Because Jared Eckerson, Jared Padalecki, and um, Misha Collins came onto Instagram, Facebook, all their main platforms and whatnot. And going like, hey guys, we gotta let you know we're, we're gonna be done. We're ending the show after season 15. 15 will be the last and final of the series and that's the one thing that I hate the most but here's the thing you gotta commend these guys they have been on the show for 15 years that is saying something that for a show to be on for that long and have that many seasons and if not a huge fan base behind it that is saying something that like I'm a fan myself I love Supernatural Pretty much I got hooked on it when a friend of mine told me about it. She was going like, hey, you got to watch this series. It's really good. I did. And I just got hooked from there on in. And I've been on the um, Supernatural bandwagon ever since. But sadly again, I kind of been playing catch up with it. Because I got up all the way to season 13. I only got to half of it, then finished the rest of the half, then season 14 came out. So pretty much I'm still trying to play catch up on that too. So I'm really looking forward to it. And like I said, I hate the fact that the show's ending, but uh, another one of my friends, she pointed out too that, you know, you gotta say that they had a good run because other shows gotten canceled, other shows in there that are no longer on the air, and to be able for them to do this for 15 years, that is a good run. That they never had to worry about cancellation, they never had to worry about this and that. And I was going like, you're right. I mean, for a show to run that long, of course, for it not to get canceled. And this is a good thing because there has been other shows that have come and gone with only like one or two seasons and then that's it. But another thing is, is that Jeffrey Dean Morgan kind of broke his silence. That he wanted to say that, you know, it has been a great run. I love my Supernatural family, that these guys have been great and it's been an honor to work with them that I hope that the 15th and last season blows out of the park and it's the amazing, the most incredible season ever. And I'm really, I really like that he did that because we all know that Jeffrey Dean Morgan was actually 
um, John Winchester, the boy's um, dad from the series, that there's a story arc and everything between the first and second season about their dad, then it kind of went out of the picture. And apparently, around the 14th season, he makes an appearance back. But I still got to watch that episode. But for him to say that, like, that's really good. Because, like, he's been a part of Supernatural. Even though he's on Walking Dead now as Negan. Which, oh my god, like, when he came on there, it was nuts. And especially the episode that we all know about is that... I still couldn't get over the fact that that happened. It was just a shocker and everything when I saw that. I was kind of like, oh my god, I can't believe they did that. But, like I say, he broke silence about it and that pretty much he was kind of like, hey, I just want to give thanks for everybody that I've worked with. I love everybody and that I hope 15 kicks it out, um, kicks its ass to be the greatest season ever. And that's the next thing I was going to talk about is that Sally was Supernatural ending, but we're going to go ahead and move on from that. That, oh, yeah, here's the thing. Apparently during this whole C2E2 um, convention in, Cal- in Chicago, apparently someone had the audacity to steal about almost nine grand. That's $9,000 worth of books and other stuff from vendors at the convention like I was going like dude that's messed up that these people they have to use these um, these things and these items they sell it to fans they have to make their money they have to you're basically taking food and like clothes and this and that from your um, from their families or if not themselves and to have the audacity to steal from them I mean I understand we come on to hard times and whatnot, but I don't know about this guy's story I really don't but apparently during the convention that like one person was saying that like three or so vendors got robbed one of them actually had smarts to actually have video cameras installed in his booth area so he can track sales and make sure that okay this person bought this one this person bought that one so they can match it up with the receipts and whatnot from the convention and he actually caught this dude stealing a few key issues or if not a very a lot of expensive issues and they were able to track this guy down pretty much his name was Steve Bowles or Bowles what, however you pronounce it pretty much they caught him with some of the stuff that he did steal they didn't find everything so basically I'm guessing what he did is that he probably pawned off some of the stuff or if not sold some of the stuff and then he had the rest the cops were able to track him down they were able to find him and that they arrested him um they were planning on keeping him but like they're going like okay we're not gonna do it you can go on bail you can go back to where you um, where you were from, and you gotta make sure you're back. I think he was from Indiana. Yeah, he's from Indiana. So they're going like, okay, you can go back to your family, but if you miss any court cases at all whatsoever about this, we are tracking you down. We are putting the warrant out for your arrest. And you know what? 
like I said, I just hate that. I hate when people have to steal, or if not, they steal from other people. Because, like I said, that's about nine grand worth of stuff that they could have been able to sold, or if not, they could have been able to either make the rent, pay their bills, um, take care of their family and whatnot. And that for someone to do this, I mean, that's kind of ballsy, dude. It really is, because, like, even though we do fall on hard times, you have the choice of whether or not to stoop that low to actually do that, or rise above it and try to better yourself, or if not, try to do what you can to make things better. Like, for me, I could have every reason to give up or do this and that, because, like, I mean, I have to deal with a broken ankle, have been working for a while, and that's just one bad thing was happening after another. But you know what? Instead of giving into defeatism, I kept um, being positive because I did. Because the thing is, is that I am a type 1 and type 2 diabetic. Um, my A1C levels weren't that great. But recently when I went to a doctor's appointment, I'm at a 6.1, which is the best that you could possibly be with your sugar levels. And then my cholesterol has been doing better, so I had to be able to cut back on some medication that I don't have to take. And that my ankle is doing a little bit better because my ankle has been a little bit swollen. It was broken. I just had a lot of problems with it. But, you know, I've been doing everything that I can to get better, and I've been staying positive about it. And because of me thinking positive, being positive, I've been able to do these things, which I am grateful, so grateful that I can be able to do that. That I am getting better, I am better, and that I'm just keep going. All I got to do is go up from here. I don't backtrack. I don't try to get knocked back down. I just keep going up. And that's all I've been trying to do. And that what is I'm going to do. But overall the main reason is that. I hate that this guy had to get to the point. That where he had to do stuff like this. There's no. I don't know what his motive was. I don't know whether or not he was trying to do this and that. But you know what. I just hope things get better. But. Um, we got one more thing before I actually cut this short. I'm actually going to squeeze these two things together. The Avengers 3 has been confirmed that they are going to have a runtime of 3 hours and 2 minutes. Which, you know what? I don't care. <laughs> as long as I can be able to see the movie, have its um, pre, um, pre and post um, credit scenes, and see where the movie goes, I don't care if I have to sit there for 3 hours. That means I just got to bulk up on snacks and no liquids. Because if I am not going to want to miss anything from Endgame. So that's why I will refuse to go to the bathroom. And I will not drink any liquids. I will just eat my snacks that I will eat. And that is it. <laughs> but the other thing is, is that Scooby-Doo animated movie. I did talk about this in my um, previous podcast. But they have been able to find the people that will voice the characters of Fred and Daphne. Because General Rodriguez is playing the voice of Velma. Will Forte is doing the voice of Shaggy. Peter Wilkins is coming back to actually play the voice of Scooby. And we got um, Tracy Morgan being the voice of Captain Caveman. But we have been confirmed that Zac Efron is coming on board to play the voice of Fred. And that Amanda um, Surfry? Safar? I, I can't even pronounce her name. The only thing I can remember is the fry part. <laughs> but Amanda um, Safry 
and everything. I'm just gonna say it. I don't care if I'm butchering the crap out of it, but she is coming on board to actually play the voice of Daphne. So now we got a full cast lineup for the whole Scooby-Doo animated movie. But with that being said, I want to tell you guys I hope you are having a great day, a wonderful evening, whatever you guys are doing. So you know what? This is Rob, aka Broke Nerd Podcast, signing off. Thank you.